Violet Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to hear you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to I yell it. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children. Hello to the grown-ups. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends. Hello to my friends. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Let's greet each other in a few different languages that represent listeners of Strength in Words from different countries and cultures all across the world. Hello to the United States, hello to Germany, hello, 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 hello. Hola to Mexico and Dobardan to Croatia, hello, hello, hello. One last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. In our ever-increasing global village, the world is getting smaller and our access to it is getting easier. Across the globe, many of our families are comprised of multiple cultures and languages. Many of us live in countries that speak a different language than the one we grew up hearing or with parents who speak more than one language. There is a long history of misconceptions when it comes to raising multilingual children, and these are primarily related to the false belief that exposing young children to multiple languages will somehow cause or contribute to a language delay or disorder. While it may be true that an infant or toddler who is learning two or more languages simultaneously sometimes demonstrates a slight delay in expressive language or what they are able to say, This is not generally what we as speech and language pathologists would consider in clinical terms to be a true language delay. Think about how much more auditory information a baby exposed to multiple languages is processing. 
how much more information he must measure and sort and store for later. The most important thing to consider here is that if a child has true difficulty acquiring speech and language in one language, that problem will show up in both languages and is unrelated to the exposure to multiple languages. So what are the best ways to expose a child to multiple languages? Like anything else when it comes to raising children, there is no single best solution for every family. However, there are a few ways that are considered best practice and from which you can choose depending on your family's unique situation. Essentially, these can be split into two major camps known as simultaneous or sequential learning. Simultaneous language learning refers to the use of two or more languages from birth or shortly thereafter, and sequential language learning refers to the use of only one language in the home, followed by exposure to another language or often the community language when your little one starts school, for instance. Since we live in the real world and not in a vacuum, life doesn't always work in these clean categories. Try not to fret too much about the details, and remember that the more exposure you give to your baby to listen to and practice using each language in everyday situations, especially during daily routines and rituals, the more opportunities you are giving him to learn. I have in front of me today a small bowl and a few pictures of animals. We've used images of animals in previous DIY activities and in Strength and Words episodes, and today I want to model a different way to use them. You can, of course, make your own images or use the ones you've already made, or find images from old magazines or those you've printed from the web, or use animal flashcards, for instance. We've spoken in the past about using visuals or flashcards in an interactive context, and I want to show you another way to do that. Let's say you and your partner, or you and another primary caregiver, such as a child care worker, speak different languages with your baby, or let's say you simply want to introduce your baby to a few words in another language. Using music to do that is a naturally entertaining and interactive way to expose your little one to another language or to enhance the learning of an already familiar language. I'll sing this song in both Spanish and English to show you how you might use it in a bilingual or multilingual household. ¿Qué dice el gato? ¿Qué dice el gato? El gato, el gato. ¿Qué dice el gato? Uh, ¿cuál animal quieres ahora? Estás mirando en el pato. Vamos a cantar. ¿Qué dice el pato? ¿Qué dice el pato? El pato, el pato, ¿qué dice el pato? Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> okay, for all of you at home who don't speak Spanish, here's what this activity is all about. Oh, what does the cat say? Oh, what does the cat say? The cat, the cat. Oh, what does the cat say? Meow. Ooh, which animal do you want next? I see you looking at the duck. Let's sing about the duck. Oh, what does the duck say? Oh, what does that duck say? The duck, the duck. Oh, what does the duck say? Quack, 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 quack. Adding the element of choice-making to this activity not only gives your infant or toddler a say in what happens next, 
It also allows you to reinforce the vocabulary. When I asked my baby which animal she wanted to sing about next, I gave her feedback telling her that I saw her looking at the duck and then used the word duck again, suggesting that we sing about it. That was two additional models of the word. If you wanted, you could add at least one more. Let me think, what does a duck say? Oh, I remember before you started singing the song, which in and of itself sings the word duck, which would be reinforced by the image I'm holding up in my hand, five additional times. When you're exposing your child to a new language or simply interacting with a young child acquiring language, the more you can model vocabulary you're using within a particular activity, and the more natural and playful it can feel versus simply saying the word over and over again the more experience you're giving your little one to language learning. Using animal noises with little ones is also a great way to reinforce the idea that almost everything has a sound, whether it's a person or animal who speaks, or an object in the environment like water dripping from a tap, or a blanket being thrown over the bed, whoosh, and words and sounds, as well as names, can be associated with objects. This is part of language acquisition. Let's sing another song that you might already be familiar with in a few languages. I've added another verse that my son and I just learned from a family member in Croatia, which may be new to you, but it serves as a great reminder of how global the reach of music and nursery rhymes really is. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, Brother John? Brother John? Morning bells are ringing, morning bells are ringing, ding, ding, dong, ding, ding, dong. Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques, dormez-vous, dormez-vous, sonnez la matinée, sonnez la matinée, ding, ding, dong. Ding, ding, dong. Bratets Martin, Bratets Martin. Kajos spíš, Kajos spíš. Več ti uratuče, več ti uratuče. Bim, bam, bom. Bim, bam, bom. You may be wondering how early bilingual language development might develop. What does it look like compared to monolingual language development in an infant or toddler? Obviously, there are variations, and no two children are exposed to exactly the same amount of one language versus another, even sometimes in the same family. But in general, a young child's developing skills in two or more languages will depend on the quality of the experience that child has with each, and of course, the amount of experience hearing and using both languages. As far as expression is concerned, both monolingual and bilingual children often speak their first word around the age of 12 months or a year. And by age two, most monolingual and bilingual children will have started to put two words together to express themselves. It's normal that the grammatical rules of one language might be applied to another, or that vocabulary from each language might be used within the same sentence or expression. These are considered normal aspects of learning multiple languages. Especially with sequential language learning, or learning one language after another has already been introduced, young children may experience a period of time when they focus on listening and understanding the new language or the differences between the two languages. 
This is a typical occurrence in bilingual language development, and it's known as a silent period. It can last several months, and it's a totally normal phase. Another typical part of early bilingual or multilingual language development is known as language loss, which describes the child's focus on one language over another. You might hear your little one start to respond back to you in only one language, even if he once responded to, say, one parent in one language or the other parent in another. This may have to do with personal preference of the child, with more exposure to one language over another, say in a social context or with peers perhaps, or really a variety of factors that may or may not be obvious. So how do we help our children become proficient in multiple languages? Well, the same way we encourage communication development with monolingual children. Last week in our episode, Experiential Learning, we discussed the fact that our children's, as well as our context for learning, is based in experience. Therefore, the more multi-sensory experiences we give our children in any and all languages, the more they learn. As I have alluded to before, musical experiences and early literacy experiences are fantastic vehicles for language learning, as are any other experiences which incorporate movement, visuals, sounds, etc. Language in context and interaction through a live human person versus, say, a screen, whether that's a tablet, a television, a computer, etc., will be your most effective tool. What happens if your child is having difficulty communicating or doesn't seem to be making progress acquiring language? Developmental research suggests that two major strategies are important. One, that you speak to your child in the language with which you are most comfortable so that you can model correct grammatical structures and good vocabulary. And two, that you don't make major changes in the way you interact with your little one. So essentially, try not to take drastic measures that potentially stress your little one out. Remember how much language is related to that social-emotional bond that you create with your child. And model the language or languages in which you and your partner are most proficient, even if these are different from the majority language used in the community. When receiving speech and language services within the infant and toddler years, it is considered best practice to make every attempt to find a speech and language pathologist who can provide services in your child's home language or when there is more than one home language in one of those languages that your child is most often exposed to. Part of this is so that the therapist can communicate with your child effectively And part of it is so that he or she can communicate effectively with you, the caregiver. Early intervention is much, much more effective when parent education is a major component and when caregivers can learn about the basis for the kinds of therapeutic techniques a therapist is using so that they can carry those over as appropriate throughout the week and every other hour that the therapist is not conducting therapy. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. 
For instructions to play with and ideas for how to use your very own DIY bilingual music making cards, you can head over to my website, strengthinwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as straight from the website. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength in Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week.